Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast, and welcome to week one, but perhaps most importantly, welcome to Packer Week. We have sur- officially survived the offseason, and it's time to start previewing games. Man, does it feel good to finally say that. I am your host, Will DeWitt, and today's show is the first part of our week-long preview leading you into Sunday Night Football in Lambeau. And I want to go ahead and welcome you to our weekly meet the opponent series and in today's show uh we're going to go ahead and meet of course our first opponent the green bay packers i have my fellow bears brother brandon hazley here with me and the two of us are joined by our friends over at Titletown sound off chris kevin james fellas you know it's really great to work with you for the second straight season i can't think of a better way to kick off 20, the 2018 campaign i want to know how's everyone doing today chris i'll begin with you I'll, I'll tell you, we're doing. I'm doing well, but it's it's odd to hear someone call it Packers Week because for us, it's been Bears Week for this week. But yeah, we're doing go good, awesome. How about you, James? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks for having us on. And Mr. Painted Face down there, Kevin. How's it going? Doing really well. Thanks for having us on. Looking forward to this game. Yeah, me as well. Uh, I will say, maybe the events in the past few days have gotten me just a little bit more excited. But guys, we have a bunch of questions. I just want to go ahead and dive right in. And I just touched on my first one for you. And it's going to be the big one. Khalil Mack is now a Chicago Bear. And it was rumored uh, and pretty much well reported that Green Bay was right in the thick of this race. So I want to know, in your opinion, from your perspective now, how does his presence on our defense uh, change things on your end heading into this game? And Chris, I want to hand it to you first. 
I think the Packers have some of the best tackle play in the league when they're healthy. Uh, Khalil Mack played against the Packers last season and uh, and Bakhtiari and uh, the line handled him pretty well. But there's no O-line depth. Um, if you watch any Packers O-line play outside of the starters in, in the preseason, that's a concern. What Khalil Mack does is obviously he he speeds up Aaron Rodgers. He makes him look, you know, go through his progressions quicker. And with a young receiving core, um, Rodgers can get into bad habits. That's what I hope I don't see. Well, we hope we do see it, but that's, of course, <laughs> our side of things. But uh, Kevin or James, do either of you have anything you want to add about the Khalil Mack? Uh, and my, he's ours. I, he, I don't think it's gone through yet. He's ours until further notice. <laughs> We're in the denial stage right now. Yeah, I'm in the fourth stage right now. Uh, acceptance will be Sunday, more than likely. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Anything right. over there? Not for me. This says it all, right? Apparently so. <laughs> Apparently you're just going to let your face do the talking tonight, which uh, for our podcast listeners, I urge you to check out this video over on YouTube if you want to see this interesting uh, paint job here. Uh, by Mr. James. But uh, Brandon, you're up with your question. Yeah, so we'll go over to the, to the Packers defense now. Uh, Dom Capers, he exited stage left this offseason, and the organization brought in Mike Patine to replace him as the defensive coordinator. Uh, Mike, he's got a pretty good track record as far as defensive coordinator. Uh, his group's consistently finished in the top 10 uh, as far as units throughout the whole league. Uh, and most notably, those defenses were the New York Jets from 2009 to 2012 were the ones that always stand out to me when I think of Mike Patine. Uh, most notably, Darrell Rivas is always the standout defensive guy when I think of those teams. Uh, so keeping that historical perspective in mind, which players in the Packers secondary should the Bears keep an eye on the most and why? James, why don't you take this one? Uh, one, Mr. Joshua Jackson. Uh, that this dude, first of all, if he won defensive player of the year, or rookie of the year, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if he won defensive player of the year. This kid is the real deal. Watch him. Um, he, he's a ball hawk. He's a little undersized. He's a little small, but he will go out and he will chase down any ball you throw in his direction. Um, so I, I definitely watch him. Um, if Trubisky falls back into some of those habits we saw last year, we're just kind of the sling and hope, the sling and pray. Um, you know, he's going to pay for that with, with Jackson. I think uh, an underrated aspect of the defense is going to be the defensive line as well. We have a, we have a really stout front four, front three, depending on. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. What what package are you using? Uh, Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark. Um, they're, they're, they're bad dudes. And, uh, you know, I, it's going to be interesting watching them against the Bears front four or front five and, and with the Bears running game as well. Interesting to see also what the addition of Mo Wilkerson is going to do for this defense, and uh, and compared to the to the uh, the Dom Capers defense, it'll be interesting interesting to see what it's like to have eleven players consistently on the field. <laughs> was that, what's, what's the inside joke here? Too many? No, that was a problem. That was literally legitimately a problem with Dom Capers defenses was getting enough players or the correct units on the field. Uh, we we all went to the Saints game last year, which was unfortunately Brett Hundley's first game. 
And uh, to see the, the – it was like a fire drill on the sidelines. It was disorganized. And, Kevin, you saw it. It, it. Describe what it was like to watch that from the sidelines. You're absolutely right. It was like a fire drill. It was – I mean, there was like nine guys at times on the field, yeah. like guys coming out of the stands to get on the field. It was bad. It was <laughs> not an organized group. And I, I think did from, that once. From, yeah, <laughs> for myself, I, I think the, that's what I'm looking most forward to with Patton is, is just something new. I mean, you know, watching the Packers – every game and you guys twice a year, at least um, Dom capers was not very good. So I'm really looking forward to, to seeing Patton. And, and, and I think it's going to be interesting uh, with Trubisky, you know, in his second year here, see what he can do against a, a coordinator. Who's probably going to challenge him a little bit more. If that makes sense. No, it definitely does. And the good thing is we do have a retooled offense that actually gives them a little bit more options in the passing game last year. Uh, didn't have a bunch, but we can talk about that uh, when we flip sides here after this recording. Um, but I want to go ahead and stick with the coordinators, but I want to talk about offense because you brought in uh, you know, Joe, uh, Joe Philbin, and uh, he was already with the Green Bay. And uh, when the last time he was, you guys went fi- uh, 15-1. and one. Aaron Rodgers was the MVP. And I know he doesn't really call the plays, but I'm sure having him back is going to really impact his offense in a positive way for you guys. So I want to know where you anticipate that impact being and why. And uh, let's go over to Chris first. I think, uh, the, the, you know, look, it's it's every fan base's complaint is that uh, the, the head coach is a poor play caller. We Every fan base makes that complaint. But McCarthy at times I feel like can get stale in his play calls. I think having Philbin there as a uh, an offensive coordinator who not only is another voice but also <clears throat> has done it before, has worked with Aaron Rodgers before, has his trust – might be enough to keep it from being as stale. And we're already seeing some differences. I mean, you can't judge too much from the preseason. But for instance, uh, the Packers don't have a fullback on their 53-man roster this year. That's something very different for Mike McCarthy-led offenses. I think you're going to see a lot more scheming of receivers open. McCarthy, for some reason, the last two or three years, it seems like his offense was, receiver, beat your man. And if you can't, Aaron Rodgers is going to scramble for seven, eight seconds and, and try to make something happen. It was so frustrating as a fan to watch that, and I think that we're going to get back to to more scheming those receivers open and making Aaron Rodgers hopefully life a little bit easier. Anyone else have anything you want to chime in about this? I think Jimmy Graham's going to play a huge role in this offense, um, and I know we're talking about coordinators, but I think that Philbin knows how to get the most out of his tight ends. Um, and I mean, it, Philbin led the Packers. He was their coordinator back in 2011 when they broke NFL records for offense. Um, I mean, they were blowing people out, you know, they're scoring 45 points a game. So, you know, with the talent that's there with Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham and, you know, the, the, whatever running back McCarthy decides to pull out of the hat that week, um, it'll, it'll, I think that Philbin's going to come up with some, uh, with some, some nice play calling and different packages that maybe teams haven't seen the last couple of years. It might be nice to actually throw something out there that the defense doesn't know what they're doing. Awesome. Kevin? I'm looking forward to the swagger, I think, back in the offense that that they had that year. And, and something that's kind of been lacking a little bit, I think, over the last few years. So I'm looking forward to to, to Philbin coming in and kind of bringing back that uh, that attitude and, and those record-breaking numbers. I don't know, Kevin. Something about you just does smell like you really care about the swagger. Could be the face. <laughs> I reek of swagger. You. <laughs> you could have stopped after the word smell. all right so uh guys i want to i like keeping you guys on your toes we're going to flip back over to defense i want to talk about your linebackers because your original starter on the inside jake ryan as you know towards acl about a month or so ago Mm -hmm. in his place he had your third round pick you know oren burks 
a guy that you did trade up in the draft to go ahead and get. And he is also not able to give this a go. So obviously it's not an ideal situation. So who do you expect to start alongside uh, Blake Martinez? And are you worried at all about your inside linebacker presence, at least here in week one versus the Bears and why? Kevin, I want to go right back to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think linebacker was a concern already. So when you get even weaker, yeah, it's it's concerning. Um, I think, hopefully, I think the defense can can scheme against that and kind of cover those holes. And and I'm not sure if they'll be able to, but you know, that's what kind of, kind of I'm I'm hoping that they can do. Kind of sure. just just mask it for as long as you can. When Burks is healthy, he's he's a he's a bad man. But yeah, I'm a little concerned about depth all across the linebacking core, especially week one. Uh, James, I'm not quite sure who's going <laughs> to play and who's going to start and who's going to be there. Uh, uh, we're going to bring Jeff Janis back, and he's going to play. <laughs> he's going to play outside. We don't have anybody. That's that's the that's yeah. the thing. Like we brought in a tumor. It's not a tumor this week, um, but it's just you know he just got here and he's not Cleo Mack, so it's not like he's going to walk right in and be like, "Here's three sacks." Um, you know, I there if Clay Matthews, or I shouldn't say if when Clay Matthews and Nick Perry go down uh, for their <laughs> year for the for the yearly you know sabbaticals, it's. It's going to suck. It's going to be a really, really tough time, to, a really tough hole to fill over there. So, Chris, you're telling me inside and outside linebacker, you're feeling a little hesitant heading into the season? Yeah, literally any position that has linebacker in it, yeah, I'm concerned. <laughs> Good news I'm sure for us. We may, we may see a, a return to the soft underbelly of the Packers defense. Dom Capers like to expose that to opponents. So we'll see what happens, especially week one. Interesting. All right, B, go ahead. Yeah, one of the strong points you brought up was uh, your defensive line. You already brought up Mo Wilkerson, so Chris, you can get this one started when we get there. Uh, but he played under Mike, uh, your defensive coordinator, in his last two seasons there in New York, 2011 and 2012. And then he exploded on the scene after Mike left. He had his, at the time, career high 10.5 sacks in 2013. And then in 2015, he had 12 sacks for the year. But he's really declined in that sack total uh, the last couple of years there in New York. How concerned are you about that? And what kind of role do you expect him to play uh, in this defensive line? Is he going to be a more gap discipline guy, or is he, do you expect him to get after the quarterback a lot? Uh, I'm not concerned. I mean, I think his role is going to be kind of like every every role in the Packers defense. It's going to be situational. So he's going to get some sacks, but his role is really going to be to to eat up blocks and to really control the middle, I think. And whatever push he can get up the middle will be great, but he's you know he's not quite an edge rusher. He's not going to be right. – um, He's not going to be the, the focus of the pass rush. But I also think that a lot of us are kind of sleeping on his ability to get, get at the quarterback. Uh, so James, I don't know. Maybe you have a little bit more insight on that as well. No, I think you said it right. I, I think uh, I think he's going to be a gap filler for sure. He's going to he's going to take up two two guys, you know, on a regular basis. And if he doesn't, then Mike Daniels will, and then he'll be able to get you know get his. So it's going to be tough for offensive linemen to 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 deal with those front four. I think that with yeah, with as stout as they are in the front four, maybe that's not what, why they're not as concerned about the the lack of outside linebackers. I mean, we start the season with what four on the roster, James. So maybe that's why they're not as concerned. Yeah, I mean, which bothers me a little bit because I'm sorry, but you know, when you're playing a zone defense and there's a soft middle there, you're not expecting Mike Daniels to go back and and, and defend a tight end. True. So I mean, you know, it's and you know, if you play a dime and you have six, I don't know. I'm not going to game plan on your podcast, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it, I think Wilkerson is. I'm looking forward to seeing him. I think he's with with Petten. I think he's got new blood. I think he's got new life. Um, I think he's going to bring it this year, and I'm looking forward to it. Kevin, anything you want to add? Nah, they get they covered it. 
right. Sounds good. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you another weakness here. So this is gonna be perfect. I'm gonna flip it to the offense here. I want to know your thoughts about the running back situation because it's an interesting decision right now uh, that you guys are gonna start the year with only two running backs because of the Aaron Jones suspension. You have Ty Montgomery and then also Jamal Williams. And I know both of them have been kind of dinged up too throughout the preseason. So. What's your state of confidence right now uh, for the Green Bay running back situation and why? Ooh, I'd be a lot more confident if they had Aaron Ripkowski on the roster. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's tough. You know, depth is always something that you worry about. Uh, you know, week one, hopefully because it's week one, it's not as big of an issue as, say, if it were week eight. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think that, uh, I think that the Packers are definitely prepared to have – not necessarily minimal running plays, but you know they've got they've got their plans prepared, and 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 I think for week one, I'm not really concerned about it because it's it's not like we're in week eight. You know, this is this is calculated. I hope. It does hurt that you have your best running back suspended. Aaron Jones is clearly the 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 class <clears throat> of that group. Uh, Ty Montgomery hasn't gotten a whole lot of work in the preseason, and, and I still uh, he's still unfortunately you can either call him versatile or you can call him kind of a tweener. Like he's just not quite a receiver. He's not quite a running back. So, um, uh, yeah, a little. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Concerned, but uh, I don't know, James. They they did sign a running back. Did did they just sign a running back off a practice squad, or is it? Yeah, they uh, Darius, some guy or other. I don't remember. He's from Dallas. Um, you know, so I'm sure he'll be there. But I mean, it's it's Jamal Williams' offense yeah. right now. It's it's Jamal Williams or nothing at this point. And he's good. He's good, but. He's not. He's not Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones is the guy. And but that being said, Mike McCarthy has a weird history of when he finds the guy uh, benching him for three games. We don't know why. It's just what he does. <laughs> he he eats pierogies. He gives mean press conferences, and he benches their hot running back. It's what he does. All right, Chris, real quick, a follow-up here because this is how I'm kind of formulating in my head here. Uh, it seems like you guys are a little you know, hesitant going into this game in terms of you know, if you had to pound the rock, it might not go so well. But how concerned would that be? Because right now, it's like we have Khalil Mack who can come after Aaron Rodgers uh, as, as well as Leonard Floyd on the other side. And if you're just dropping back and being predictable, that's not going to bode well for you guys either. I know you have a really decent secondary. It's been, you put a lot of resources in that secondary throughout this offseason. Um, but with the linebacker question marks, I mean, sorry, I'm not. Yeah, with the linebacker yeah. question marks, yeah, I'm a little. Um, what? Wait, I just flip sides of the ball here. Didn't you did. That's okay. You did. It's a little late. It's okay. I, it's a turnover. It's all right. Putting a new job. Turnover. No, I want to talk about your offense though, because like I was talking about, your running backs not so well. And if you have to sit back and uh, and pass, I'm curious well, of what kind of I'll, target I'll stop, you make. Aaron I'm going to stop you there because I don't think it's that they're that, that they're not. Uh, they're not that good. It's just Aaron Jones kind of head and shoulders above them, the way he performed this preseason and the, the end of last season. Uh, Jamal Williams, a good running back. Uh, Ty Montgomery is an acceptable running back as your, you know, as, as a second second guy or, or part of a committee. I think the concern is it's week one. If one of those guys goes down, we're in a whole world of hurt. That's that's my real concern. Not that they're not talented at the position or that they can't get the job done. Uh, it's it's a matter of 
what happens if one of those guys goes down and we literally have nothing backing up? Yeah, sure. Makes sense. Let's go over to B. Maybe my question will help clear things up. Well, I'm going to talk about the offensive line because it wouldn't be a Bears Brothers podcast if I didn't bring up the offensive line. Uh, the Packers gave up 51 sacks last season. That was you know fifth most in the league last year in the depth chart. I mean, you mentioned it with the Cleo Mack answer. They're kind of thin. Uh, so that could open up the door for some of the A-gap blitzes uh, that Vic Fangio likes to drop from time to time. Uh, so what's your confidence level in that group as a whole in the, in the pass block and the run block as well? We'll start with Kevin. I'm confident in the pass block. I, um, I think, you know, last year, remember, you had Brett Hundley under center for a lot of those games. So a lot of those sacks were on him. And, uh, you know, pass block, I think that I think the Packers can pass block. I hope they can. So, um, you know, I'm not too concerned about that as much as I am. I'm more concerned about the defensive side than I am the offensive side. But but I think they'll be OK on pass blocking as long as I mean, you know, if everybody stays healthy, they've they've but that's not going to happen. So hopefully they can stay healthy for like 14 or 15 weeks or whatever. I don't know. What about you, James? Yeah. I mean, I think Kevin, Kevin kind of touched on it. Health is the key. Um, Our, the the starting five are, are, they're pretty good. They're in the top, excuse me. They're in the top, you know, seven or eight offensive lines in the league. But if one of them goes down and we got a guy that comes in named Jason Spriggs. Oh boy. I'm going to give look. I, I know that I know that you guys already know this, or at least the you know the offense or the defensive. I know that the Vic Fangio knows this. Uh, if Spriggs is in the game, blitz on him because you'll you uh, seriously, it's it's a windmill. Um, you know, we he, just have no depth, there's zero depth moonlight. there. He moonlights in the offseason as a turnstile, so he does. He <laughs> he he powers small cities with his uh with his wind power. <laughs> I'm gonna give but you guys really a pass. Bad. I'm gonna give you guys a pass. You need to go to my alma mater, IU. Uh, so oh, no. you know that. that. That's okay. Awkward. I mean, a little bit. Brandon went to Purdue, so I'm sure he's smiling. He is. So a little bit. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna try to pose a question here, and I'm gonna stick to one side of the football to not confuse our listeners, and of course you guys as well this time. Uh, and you already touched about, of course, the tight ends, but I'm really curious of how involved you think you're going to be in this offense because you have Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis. And, of course, Graham, he's that big-time threat in the passing game. Lewis, he's more that old-school blocking tight end, but he can also do some damage, especially down there in the red zone. Uh, so I want to know how they fared at training camp this preseason and just your overall thoughts about, again, where they stand and how they're going to be used in this offense. So let's go to Chris. This is the most exciting thing for me as a Packers fan to see in this offense this this year. Um, we, we joke, uh, Aaron Ripkowski is probably, of the three of us, if, if our favorite player not named Aaron Rodgers, and he was cut this year. But uh, it makes sense not to carry a fullback when you've got this strong of a tight end core. And these guys are going to pl- be playing a huge role. Jimmy Graham is going to be all over the field. He's going to be split out wide. He's going to be a tight end. I mean, we know they can't block. But he is hell in the red zone, and he's going to make – lives of defensive coordinators difficult but you can't sleep on mercedes lewis because the man can play offense not only can he block but he really can play offense uh and he's he's got decent hands and he can really you know he can he can damage you and even uh robert tanyan who's the the new tight end who who kind of surprisingly made the team um they invested a lot to keep these three tight ends and, and to move on from the richard Rodgerses of the world uh, this is what is going to, I think, help make this offense dynamic again where it, it hasn't been in the last couple of years. Sure, that makes sense. James, you're nodding your head. Anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, it, when Jermichael Finley got hurt, that really, that was kind of the death knell for the explosive offense in Green Bay. Um, it, it was just kind of, you know, because there's nobody left to stretch the field. 
he couldn't Richard Rogers wasn't stretching any field. He was stretching his pants, but not the field. Uh, <laughs> he was, he just, he, you know, we just couldn't, we didn't have anybody there that was able to, to clear out. And uh, with Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis who can block like crazy. Um, I'm really looking forward to that caveat being, I said the same thing last year. Uh, and I don't want to mention, I don't want to mention, I don't want to mention his name because he's persona non grata, but you know, you can get burned. B, hey, you want to go ahead to your next question, man? Yeah. Uh, you guys can feel free to throw tight ends into this answer as well. But in the past, Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams have had heydays or a couple heydays against the Bears, it feels like, uh, in the past. And without Jordy Nelson in this matchup, I mean, those are some big shoes to fill. Uh, so who's the next guy in that wide receiver group to step up, and are there any sleepers uh, that the Bears defense should be aware of? Let's go ahead Start and go to Chris. Chris. Hey. That's hey, what'd you look at that? That is a good question. Um so, I mean, really, Jimmy Graham is your number two or number three, depending on how you look at it. He's a wide receiver, let's face it. He's a wide receiver that's right. going to line up as a tight end at times. Uh, I think someone who's going to have a breakout year is Geronimo Allison. Ger oh, Geronimo oh, Allison. Yeah. I think <laughs> I take your answer. <laughs> of course. There's only so many wide receivers to go around. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he looked good from the limited action he got in the preseason, but he feels like that guy that can take a step kind of from – feeling like a rookie to a more mature player. Devontae Adams has made that step. Randall Cobb is obviously beyond that step. Right. But I think Allison's the next player, and he's got the ability to uh, to do some real damage. He's got great hands, and he can make those sideline catches. And He's not Jordy Nelson, but but uh, he's, he's fun to watch. Kevin, plan B, what is it? Oh, man. Um, if Jay Kumaro wasn't injured, we could go with him. Um, <laughs> Good. No, I mean, I you know, I think I think Allison's going to have a good year, and I think Devontae Adams is going to be a beast again. So, um, you know, Allison might yeah. be your sleeper, but Adams and is going to be beyond, he's going to be your stud. But beyond that, and James, I don't know what you feel about this, but beyond that, that the, they're so untested that there might be quote unquote depth there, but it's the most shallow depth I've ever seen. <laughs> it is, it is, it's shallow, shallow depth. Yep, which is exactly. A, which Just go with it. Which is a thing, apparently. Uh, it's like my gene pool. Um, but no, uh, out of all the out of all the rookies that we have, I think Marquez Veldez Scantling, which is a mouthful to say, but he is he is he flashed the the, the brightest in, mm -hmm. in preseason uh, by far. He had a couple of really really good games, and he's got great hands and he runs really good routes. Um, he, he, I, I would keep an eye on him. I don't know how much he's going to see the field just because McCarthy doesn't like to trust rookies on the field uh, in, in those key positions. But, um, yeah, and like Chris said, I think Geronimo Allison's poised to have the breakout year this year. All right, so my final question before uh, Will's last question. Uh, so second to last question overall. Is there any highlights or lowlights uh, that you guys want to hit on that we haven't touched on? Highlights, I'm going to throw one at you that you probably didn't expect, and that is the Packers punting game. Um, and hopefully you don't have to see uh, uh, J.K. Scott too often, but this kid can punt the ball. Uh, Preseason training camp, he was incredible. And it might sound silly, but uh, but you know in those tough games, especially when you get into December in the NFC North, uh, those field position games it can make a big difference. Uh, not that our punter has been terrible in the past couple of years, but, but Scott really, I mean, he, he's like – Hang time has been ridiculous, so 
that might be a weird answer, but I, I'm looking forward to see. <laughs> Hopefully, he won't be on the field that much, but when he is, I think he'll be a difference maker. I can understand that. I mean, it's a huge. I mean, it's I wouldn't say it's a huge part of the game, but it's a very important aspect in terms of field position, limiting returns, uh, making sure you can pin opponents deep. So I definitely can get behind that. I mean, I wish it wasn't oh, the yeah. case for I us. Say, I know that you can get behind it because we've had some in-depth conversations about our punters this offseason. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that we do. What about uh, what about you, Kevin? Anything you want to mention, uh, good or bad, that maybe we haven't really addressed? Uh, I think, uh, in just generally speaking, look for when you're watching the game. Look for the defenses, the de- the difference in the defense. I think you're going to see a totally different defense, and and you're kind of going. I have a feeling that maybe after uh, week one, you might be scratching your head. What the hell was that? What did we just see? And that's what I'm hoping for. And I know I've got I've got green and yellow face paint on, um, but uh, that's what I'm hoping you for. You do. <laughs> the doctor said I should uh, see somebody about this. He's not him though. He's not a skin specialist. That's a, that's, a, oh, that's a terrible doctor if he's telling you to go look at something. <laughs> what about you, James? Anything uh, that you think's worth mentioning that maybe uh, that you want Bears fans to know about the Packers heading into this week? Uh, um, I just uh, Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander. I mean, Kevin kind of touched on the defensive secondary, but man, they, they are good. And, uh, you know, just keep an eye on them because, uh, I think they're going to surprise some people. I think that the people who are used to watching, uh, you know, Derry Gunter give up 70 yard bombs to Jay Cutler for no reason whatsoever. Um, they're going to be surprised. Hopefully. Also, I would like to put in a good word and have Danny Trevathan not almost kill our best wide receiver this year. <laughs> Could we? How did, I, how did I have a hunch that was going to get brought up in this show? <laughs> All right. So, guys, I have my final question. It's how last season I ended every part, uh, every episode of the Meet the Opponent, and it's going to make its triumphant return. And I'm going to go to all three of you. And so you have to pick one reason. And the first part, in your opinion, why did the Packers win? And let's go to Chris first. Jimmy Graham. I think he has a huge game in his debut at Lambeau, and uh, it's going to be the difference. James? He's going to show out again. Well, could you say that again? You might have cut out. I think Devontae Adams is going to probably is going to have a good – is going to come back, and, uh, and he, you know, he, he tends to show up in the big ones. I think he's going to really play well. All right, Devontae Adams over there for James, and over to Kevin. Uh, why do they win? It's going to be the defense. All right, now – I'm going to do give you the second part. I'm sure you know Chris has been on, so he knows the kind of the deal here. And of course, I know you're going to, have to use your imagination because, of course, you guys are rooting for the Packers. You're confident that they're going to go out there and win on Sunday night. But why do they lose? And like, what do the Bears need to do in order to win? And let's flip the order here. Let's start with Kevin. Uh, I think they're going to have to poison their dinner the night before. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's. That's out of left field. Hot. <laughs> wrong sport, but out of left field. What about you, James? Um, I'm I am legitimately worried about the pass rush. I'm worried about Khalil Mack. Uh, I'm worried about Leonard Floyd. Um, you know, I I have a lot of uh, just watching Aaron Rodgers get hurt last year, and then having to watch Brett Hundley for ever. It uh, scares me. So that's very valid. You should be afraid. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Let's go to Chris. Uh, if, if the Bears win, it's because Mitch Trubisky took a step forward that he needs to take. Uh, you know, honestly, watching him in the, in the limited uh, action we had against him last year, uh, he didn't concern me. 
now, if he takes that step as a sophomore, which which happens often, um, and, and that's it. That's a game changer because we know Khalil Mack and this dang your defense is going to be strong. If suddenly that offense is a little bit more dynamic, it's trouble. Well, I have a few reasons why I expect a step. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that again on your show so we can give your listeners uh, that analysis. But, guys, uh, that's going to be a wrap. We have officially met the Packers. So I suppose real quick, uh, Chris, you and I, we need to announce uh, this friendly wager between these two podcasts. So yeah. let's make so, sure I get this correct. You go ahead. You well, do it. Okay, so, I, so I'm I messing saw, things up tonight. Yeah, no, so, so I saw on Twitter that uh, after all these years of the Packers-Bears rivalry, they're exactly tied in points. So then I researched and found out that that's false. But we're going to go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, the teams are like four points apart all time, which is incredible. So instead of doing a bet on who wins the games, because, you know, you have a split and then nobody wins the bet, then blah, nothing happens. We're going to go with total points in those head-to-head matchups. So whoever's team scores the most points total in those two matchups, doesn't matter if they split, uh, I think it's impossible for for them to, to for, for one team to lose and score more points. I think um, so too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, regardless of what happens with the split or, or if one team switches, whoever scores the most points, the other team's uh, podcast will be donating to a You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Charity of of the others choosing. Yeah, sounds great to me. I know you guys already have one lined up. I'm going to wait to choose ours when we win the bet later on in the season. And I'm going to choose a current Bears charity and make sure you guys put a friendly note in your little donation box. But uh, I'm very excited for this. I know we've been talking about different bets throughout the offseason. I think this is like the best case scenario because not only do we have a little bit of fun, but uh, we get to donate to, of course, a good cause no matter which side it's going to fall upon. So awesome stuff. All right, guys, Chris, Kevin, James, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this evening. Share with your uh, share your firsthand account on Green Bay. I thought, of course, you guys brought not just a ton of laughs, but a, a bunch of valuable information to the table. So I know I learned a lot of new things. I know Brandon learned some new things. I know our listeners, uh, wherever they're listening or watching right now live, did as well. So I just want to thank the three of you again for taking your time. Oh, thanks for having us on. Thanks for having thank us. You. Awesome. So don't forget, Bears fans, we are hosting our first ever live I'm putting live in quotes because we do live shows all the time. Our first in-person podcast this Saturday at Pheasant Run Hills Resort in St. Charles, Illinois. It's going to be on Saturday, September 8th, 1 p.m. Chicago time. And again, I hope that if you live within striking distance, that you'll show up, meet us, and show your support for the podcast. Up next, we're going to bring in the Sun-Times' Patrick Finley to gather his thoughts leading into the game. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep 
all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.